Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Normally you have three good mornings. Well, um, things have changed. So today is one good morning. Okay. One good morning it is. (laughs) (laughs) He's so funny. So the question is, um, what controversial topics can we talk about today? Because we've covered a lot of controversial topics over the last few weeks. And I'm looking at the numbers and I'm thinking, well, there's only like... I don't know, 10 to 20 people. But that's on podcasts. We know about iTunes and all the other channels. And also on Spotify. And I'm thinking, you know what? Some of this information is very good. People don't hear this kind of information. I'm not bragging you or anything. But but this is something that if I heard this many years ago, it would have saved me hours and hours and hours of... Frustration. Well, not frustration, but but studying and, and getting through it. I suppose the benefit of this is I know why I know what I know is because of... You know, the certain places in the scripture we can point to because of the journey that we've been on. So, but the scripture says, "Do not despise small beginnings." Doesn't the scripture say that? Yes, it does say that. Where's it said? Because okay. you looked at me as if it doesn't. No, it does. Okay, so can just can just not focus on that. Just focus on what's I'm important. I'm looking it up. Where does it say that? I don't know. Probably in um, in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes or something like okay. that. Okay. Okay. I'll look it up another day for you people. Oh, Zechariah 4.10. Oh, yes. For who has despised the day of small things? Okay, so um, the topic today is what controversial topic should we talk about? The topic today is what controversial topic should we talk about? Yep. You have nothing in your mind? I have a few things, but what do you have? I don't have anything today. Nothing? Well, except for a great idea that was given to me by... A dear sister. Okay. Okay. Uh, what that is actually it? came from a nine-year-old. All Let's right. Let's do yours first. Well, I was thinking of something that's very controversial: is talking about prophecy, right? And talking about ah. what? How do we know when a prophecy is true? And when a prophet is false? Or when a prophet is, is a false prophet? Um, just talk about prophecy. Just talk about the concept of prophecy, and also. Um, provide, give some pro- future prophecies because over the years we've prophesied and there have been many prophecies that have come true. I'm going to say uh, a, a minimum 80%. 20% have not come true or they've been partial. Okay? For example, one of the prophets, prophecies was that Trump won. Now, that's partial because the fact is we do believe that he won but as you can see Biden got in, right? And so he won based on the actual number of votes he got. Yeah, it, it was cheated. The election and, was cheated. Yeah, yeah. And and um, so, but uh, but there are other prophecies that haven't come to pass yet, and there are a future time that we can share with the people, and let's see what happens in the future. And that's controversial, right? So I was thinking of maybe sharing some um, some of the future prophecies that people can look at. Talk about prophecy and what constitutes a false prophet or a prophecy that hasn't come come to pass yet. For example, Jonah was a prophet. Okay? And... I think he was a a false prophet, wasn't he? No. Because what he prophesied never came true. Well, that's that's the controversial topic, right? Right. But uh, it didn't come true because things could change. Because prophecies are dependent upon people. And their reaction. And... So, for example, God said to the people, go into the land flowing with milk and honey. 
Moses said that to the same people. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They didn't go into the land flowing with so milk. Does that make Moses a false prophet? Or God? Obviously not. Obviously not. So because of their unbelief, they didn't enter the promised land. So there are sometimes conditions associated with that. So before we get into prophecy, do you want to tackle the question that maybe you had a question from your dear friend, and then we'll move on from there on to... Sounds good. Okay. So the question I had, which was from a nine-year-old, is, is the Bible a lie? Hmm. Say, <laughs> say more. That was the question. Is the Bible a lie? So I guess the question probably is that a lot of people would say that the Bible is a man-made story. About the Bible is a bunch of fairy tales handed down through generations. Mm-hmm. It's made up to make people feel good. It's made up to control people. And uh, probably from that perspective, the question is, is the Bible, does the Bible fall into any of those categories? Yeah. And especially considering man wrote it, mm-hmm. could make it even more of, of, of a, of a st- just another book. It's just another book. Yeah, and also someone will say, well... Uh, even if maybe it was true once upon a time, but mm-hmm. because of the copying over the years, you know, it's like broken telephone. Yeah, so how do we know that it's actually true? And some people say it's the Word of God. Yeah. Is it actually the Word of God? It's a very good question. Uh, of course. But there's a question that is above that question. That's right. Okay, so that's right. So what's the, so what's the question that's above that question? The question above that question is uh, who determines what is lie and what is truth? I know. I was thinking about the question above that question is, do you believe that there is God? And if there is oh, God, okay. do you think that he would have preserved his word? So if you don't believe that there is a God, maybe we should start there. Right. Okay. And the way you start there is someone once asked me, um, prove God exists. P- prove God exists. Now, you, if you show the Bible... They're going to disprove the Bible of whatever. And you can show them the amazing things in, in the Word of God. And we're going to talk about that. But I said to somebody once, I said, you know what? Let's look at this painting. You see this painting over here? This painting just happened. They go, no, 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 no. That painting had an artist. I said, how do you know that? You didn't see the artist. You didn't see them paint. You didn't see their brush strokes. How do you know that this painting was a painter? How did you know? He says, well, look at the illustration. You can see the way it's, uh, it's moved. Uh, and you can see the image. Uh, and other people have done it. So you can do a comparison. Say one person did an image, another. I said to them, okay, so you believe that this is a painter behind this painting? They said, yes. I said, okay. Now what happens if I told you that this painting, if you look at this painting, and this painting you look at actually turns into a hologram. And just becomes a hologram. What would you say? They'll think and they'll say, "Wow, this is an amazing artist. Not only has he painted it, but he made it into a hologram." I said, "What happens if now it's not only a, not only a hologram, but you are able to interact with it? In other words, you are able to go and touch things. Like there's an apple tree in the painting, but it's a hologram. You're able to pick." You're able to interact with it. It's 3D, and you can take from the apple, and you can eat it. What would you say? Wow. That, that guy, it would be amazing. Well, that woman would be amazing if they created something like that. It would be amazing. But you would say, it, it, the person's amazing. 
Of course, yes. I say, well, why don't you look around you? We interact with God's painting every single day. Mm-hmm. And yet you can't even recognize God. The painter behind the painting. Yeah. Or you recognize he's a painter, but you can't recognize the, the author behind the, the vast majority of, of everything that you see. God's created. Right. And all man does is takes what God has and makes buildings. Someone said, oh, man made. No, no, no. Man doesn't make anything. He uses what God has and then he manipulates it to make what he wants. But he doesn't start with a zero base. So I would start there. Do the believe that God, because if God, which is he created all things, surely he would have preserved his word. But then the question is, then they say, okay, how do you know it's his word? Okay, then you say, well, okay, I, I believe that there is God. And yes, if God is all-powerful, then surely he would have reserved his word somehow. But would, how, yes, he must have reserved something. If there, was, if there is a God, which we believe there is, and then you look. there must be a way that he would. Okay, now once you've identified that answer, now you say, okay, let's look at the Bible. So firstly, let's address the fact that myths and fairy tales are normally written hundreds and thousands of years after the events, not during the events. The events in the Bible were written during the same time period. For example, the events of, of Yeshua, the disciples wrote about it within 30 so years. That's recorded. Of, uh, they themselves within their recorded. Lifetime. Yeah, it wasn't something 200 years later that they make it up. So, for example, if you look at the book of Buddha, and um, you see how Buddha was um, 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 came into existence uh, from his mother, you see some fairy tales added to that. Um, this happened about 600, 700 years after when Buddha was born. Okay, but They would say something like, oh, a, a white elephant impregnated Buddha's mother. Uh, if you look at the, back in uh, 600 B.C., 500 BC, 200 BC, it never was mentioned that. Okay, so there's no correlation of the event at the time it happened written anyway. Uh, it, it but I could say that about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, written by Moses. Well, well let's get there. Let's, we will talk about that, but we need to uh, firstly establish the fact that the Bible itself, um, all the, many of the events, except for Genesis, because Moses wrote Right, um, so that's what my, my, yeah, my controversial yeah, yeah, point is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mo- Moses wrote Genesis. But if you talk about everything, the vast majority of the Bible, it okay. was written during the time. So from Moses, David, Samuel, um, Yeshua's disciples, and all that, all of those were during the time period. So no fairy tale has that. Okay, so 95%, all, wait, wait, 95% of it. Number two, fairy tales don't give actual places. Um, actual places that are validated people. You mean like, archaeological? So, for example, the Bible talks about the emperors, right? They exist. Bible talks about the places, which are verified by exist. other writings or archaeology or other writings and places like this. Okay. Then I always tell people the key to the Bible is Yeshua, Jesus. In other words, there isn't another man on this planet that ever existed that influences this world more than the man. I know he's the God-man, the Son of God, um, the Son of Man, Jesus. 
No, Yeshua. No one has impacted the world more like him. If, for example, um, I was in a boat, and um, or just I was on a sea, and I heard a big roar. My eyes were closed, and I heard a big roaring sound. But my eyes were closed. And then I open my eyes, and I see no boat around me. But I see a massive wave around me. Um, and in the water, like a wake. The size of the wake would determine the size of the boat that just came past me. So if there's a massive, massive, massive wake, that means a massive, massive boat just went past me. Even though I didn't see it, I can see the evidence of it. When somebody writes a check today, they are actually affirming the, the, um, the incarnation of Yeshua. When he was born, when he was um, in, um, conceived in Mary's womb. They're actually dating, this is when he was born. Um, 2,023 years ago, this is when he was conceived. That is what they are saying. Just, just by the date. If I talk about um, uh, artists, I talk about scientists, I talk about uh, influences, the fact that people um, love your enemies. <laughs> Not one person on the planet said love your enemies. Only Yeshua put said love your enemies. He said forgive them, pray for them. What? Pray for them? He, he alone and what he taught changed the way people live. Forgiving people. There's no one that impacted the world more than him. First you have to recognize that from a, from a historical perspective. Then once you identify from a historical perspective this amazing man um, that has impacted this world so much that um, orphanages are built because of him. People give to the poor because of him. Hospitals. Hospitals. Schools. Christians outgive any people at least 10, 10 to 1. There is, everybody goes up, talks about this philanthropist, this philanthropist. On average, a, a believer gives more than 10 times more than any other religion or person on the planet, on, on average. They're the ones that care about people that are starving. Not that it's not nothing to do with me. They're the ones that will sacrifice themselves to go and help somebody. Save babies, orphanages, sick people. Even, even, even the abortion. Majority of it is actually believers because they value life. Or because of Yeshua. It wasn't because of their goodness. Uh, the goodness of their heart. No, because the goodness of man is selfish. So if you look at the goodness, it can only come from this great man, Yeshua. Okay. Now you ask the question, what did he believe about the Bible? He quoted about Adam and Eve. He quoted about Noah. He, so he himself believed Adam and Eve's story. He himself believed in Jonah's story. He himself believed in Noah. In Noah, and the and and, and the flood. So in he Moses. believed um, all these things. So if someone says to me, "Oh, Andre, uh, I think the greatest man who ever lived was uh, Gandhi," you go, uh, "What did Gandhi do? What impact did he have? A man minority, a small little impact on the world." And guess what? Gandhi used to read. So often, I guess. Well, I know. What is it? The Gospels. The Gospels. He used to read the Gospels often. He loved the teaching. His passiveness didn't come out of his own brain. It came from looking at Yeshua. I said, this man is amazing. He just didn't connect the dots. He, he, 
He loved the man. He says, the man is amazing, but didn't believe when Yeshua said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Also, he was influenced by the follow his followers, Jesus' followers, and others, Christians, who he found to be hypocrites. Because he even said, too bad for the followers, but your leader is amazing. And, and, and that's for all of us. We, yeah. we you know, Don't look at us as a benchmark, right? We look yeah. at Jesus. So, yeah. And yeah. the reason why I didn't come to the Lord is because he thought he was so self-righteous. Mm-hmm. So... In terms of the greatest man who ever lived, it's Yeshua. Look at what he says about the, the scriptures, right? That, that would be your, your, your direction, all right? Now, now, let's talk about the Bible and talk about some of the historical facts. Um, let's talk about things like um, the plagues in Egypt. Do you know that the plagues in Egypt are actually copied in, it's called the Impua, um Papyrus? It's, uh, and it dates back to about 1400 BC. And it talks about, in the hieroglyphics, talks about the plagues. So, so it's the, actually captured it's in captured ancient civilization places. in their own hieroglyphics or their own historical books. Yep. Another one would be the Samaritan kings. Talk about an event that took place, a big deluge, a big um, flood that flooded the earth. And so that was before them. And so they wrote it down. So what you're saying is other sources verify the stories that the Bible has. They verified in other uh, civilizations, historical texts. 100%. Um, And I could go on and talk about the amazing things in the the scripture. I can talk about the fact that um, the Bible talks about that the earth was split apart. In the days of plague, if you look at the earth today, you can see that the earth at one point was one mass. So when did it split apart? Mm-hmm. In the days of plague, it says in 1 Chronicles 1, I think it's somewhere around about 9 or 19, talks about the earth splitting apart. Another amazing thing is it talks about that the word of God, the word of God was what was used to create everything. And science today says things like everything is a variation of energy. What do you think sound wave is? Frequency. Frequency. En- energy. Yeah. And the higher the frequency, so all things are. So a table has a higher frequency than the air. And, because, and that's why it's so hard. Now, if we could mimic that frequency, we'd be able to put our hand, or have a higher frequency than the table, we could put our hand right through the table. Mm-hmm. So... Isn't it amazing the Bible has been saying for years that God framed this entire world, what? With the word of his mouth. Science is confirming it. Then you have other things where it talks about um, the, the events in the Bible. Like, For example, in the time of Daniel, it spoke about that um, uh, Babylon would be a... A leader after after Babylon, there will be uh, Medo Persia, then it will be Greece, then it will be Rome, and and it didn't mention the names, but it mentioned what they would be doing and how big they would be and how they would be how would they would destroy the the predecessor, and that one is still about to come, so it hasn't come yet, but it will be coming, which would be the last evil empire. So you can even see from the scripture, it spoke about these evil empires that would rule God's people over the ages. For example, um, Medo-Persia, Greece, 
um, and, and the Roman the Roman Empire. And then one is yet to come. So it sounds like there are a huge uh, group of resources that can validate what's in the scripture and, and to prove that the Bible, not only does it prove itself, but it also is validated by all these different scientific facts, uh, archaeological facts, geographical places, the times that it mentions, uh, people in the Bible confirm each other's that like, there's no contradictions within the Bible. I know some people will say, but and maybe that's a topic for another day, but some people say they contradict, but there's no contradictions in the Bible. You, the book's written, there's 66 books written by a variety of different authors who are all pointing to one thing, which is the love of God and his, his, and his saving of the world through his son Yeshua. So, uh, to question whether the Bible is a myth, a fairy tale, or a lie is really to be prideful and self-righteous in not understanding or digging a little deeper. The question is, do you want to know? Mm-hmm. If you don't want to know, if you want to know, the Bible does, I do believe the Lord says, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. you mm-hmm. know? So you should be seeking, you should be asking, you should be knocking. And if you do not do those things, it will not be revealed to you. And so that is a, do you want to know? And if you want to know, uh, everybody that's gone through that journey and says, I really want to know from their heart, they've always discovered that the Bible is amazing. Mm-hmm. Even the fact of the copying. I know people say, well, uh, the copying has been messed up uh, over the years. They thought this until the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. So the Dead Sea Scrolls were a, found in the Qumran caves um, in the in the in the 20, early uh, mid 20th century and when they dis- found these or discovered these um these scrolls they were dated back to 300 to 100 300 BC to 100 AD so then they compared it to the oldest Hebrew manuscript that they have today and uh, and they compared for example the book of Isaiah and they did a comparison between the two and they were shocked how accurate they were copied. It was it was ninety nine point nine 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 percent in terms of accuracy. Yes, there were variants in terms of the letters, the way the letters looked over because letters have changed. But in terms of the the words, um, the meaning of the words remained the same. Uh, it's just the, the 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 shape of the letter. Like for example, the letter uh, um, like in the the Anglo-Saxon A looks different, but it's still an A, right? And and same with the Hebrew. Now the Hebrew doesn't have vowels; it has uh, it doesn't have the vowels, but it has the the consonants, and the consonants were the same. So they took the Dead Sea Scrolls, compared it to the Leningrad Codex, which was 1000 AD. So over a span of let's say 1000 to 1200 years, they compared the two, and the copying was spot on. So when they say about copying, there was error over the years. There's evidence. If you want to look at evidence, you can find the evidence. Mm -hmm. That's just the Old Testament. The New Testament, which was written in around about 100 and compiled about 100 AD, we have old manuscripts dating as far back as about um, 2nd century, 3rd century AD. We have even in different languages like the Aramaic text, the Prashuta, which is a a uh, 2nd century book, but the oldest copy that we have is 500 
AD, around about 500 AD. So we can go back to 500 AD, compare the ones that we have today, and see, wow, how closely, how accurate they match. And that's why I'm against the, the, the critical text, because it leaves out 3,000 Greek words, and the early manuscripts actually have those words in there mm -hmm. that they say is not in there. Whether it's a prosciutto, the prosciutto, whether it's the, uh, the Latin Vulgate, whether it's the received text that was used um, by Erasmus, he used the earlier ones, or even the Byzantine uh, text. So the copying through the centuries is astonishing. And that's, and why, so fast. that's why going back to the original question or statement, do you believe God created all these things? If yes, don't, do you not think that he would have preserved his word mm -hmm. and had the power to preserve his word despite of man? And the answer is yes. And you look at the Bible and you look at the copying, you must say, oh my God, this is my God who did this. In and in not in a negative sense, but in, wow, my God did this. Wow. And that's what the, the emphasis and the amazing thing of copying. So when you hear people make these kind of um, statements like, oh, oh, there's been copied over the years. And they make these statements because they've heard it from somebody else. They, they haven't taken the time to go and investigate it themselves. Because if they had investigated it, they would realize, wow. It's so accurate. And then they'll have to make a change in their lives. So pretty much you're telling me we could sit here for a couple of hours going through all the evidence that proves that the Bible is indeed the Word of God. I think for me, I, I, if I even had to just measure the Bible as a book to stand alone by the current standards of marketing and sales... To me, that would just be evidence enough. One, it, its sales have surpassed any other book in the history of the world, ever. It, there's no other book that sells more copies than, than the Bible. Mm -hmm. So I'm not always the one that says the majority is right, but even at the risk of the Bible being shut down in many countries in the 2040 zone, which is around the equator, it's banned in many countries. It's translated into, I think, almost all the languages. I think there are two or three languages left that it hasn't been translated into. It's been the most... No, there's, there's more than that, but the fact is there's been... Translated into more languages yeah. than any other book. It's the persecution... That I think it's two, what you mean is one to two percent of the planet's yes, sorry, languages one to two percent, versus yes. languages, because a yeah, lot of languages yeah, yeah. are dialects. The, the uh, what was I going to say? The persecution that that book has faced, I mean, you think about the number of lives that were lost, people who were martyred, people who were who were put, burnt at the stake, people who lost their lives. There are more Christians being killed today than at any other time in the history of the world. More Christians today. There are Christians every day being murdered. And, and it's not because they just have some you know, false religion, fake revelation. Their lives are dependent on the book, the words of, of, of God, which are written in his book. So... Even from that perspective alone, without all of the historical accuracy, without all the archaeological evidence, without all the, 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 the just digging into it, that st alone in itself should tell you that there's something magnificent about this precious book. Mm -hmm. and, and, and 
to, to think, I mean, you know how, how many times we, you, you read the Bible. Every time I read it, I'm, I think to myself, Lord, when did you put this verse in? No, because you, you can read this book over and over again and you never get, you, you always get something out of it. There's no, you know, there's no boredom. Even the genealogies, there's a reason he put it in there. It's It means so much. Yep, yep. So what an incredible book. And, and if you haven't read the book, you should start reading the Bible. Yeah, and, and the so-called discrepancies that people bring up, um, they are, I looked at them, they're so easy to answer. It just takes a little bit of digging. That's all. So that's all. Mm-hmm. It just takes a little bit of digging and you go, oh, that's why. That's why it's like that. Mm-hmm. Oh. And also in the sense that when we look at whether it's the Gospels, when they... It's different writers giving the, what their view is of the situation. So maybe we should talk about a few of the contradictions, the, the, uh, the ones that people bring up. Well, I'm not sure because the fact is there are, there are so many. And the question is, what do you call a contradiction? Well, contradiction would be something that would appear to say one thing and 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 then and mean another. And I, I mean, I, a lot of this goes into controversial topics we've already spoken about. So, for example, give me one. So one that we've already spoken about, for example, would be the concept of predestination versus... Yeah, but that's not, that's not really a contradiction. That's a doctrine. That's a doctrine but position. It, but contradictions I'm referring to would be, for example, uh, the man with demons. You know, in the one gospel it says there were two men, and in the other gospel it says there was one man. So that seems like there's a contradiction mm-hmm. in the gospels. Mm-hmm. Or another contradiction would be the woman who came to the tomb. In the order that they came to the tomb, there seems to be there's a contradiction of what order those women came to the tomb or how they visited the ter- tomb of, of Yeshua. Uh, another contradiction, uh, you know, what, what are the other ones? They're, they're well, other, so it's the ones you're bringing up are the ones that in the Gospels that they, those they, are the they Gospels. talk about. Yeah, and um, and I remember that people came came to our house from Tyndale. And said that the professor said that the contradictions in the scriptures, and we just need to deal with them. We need to hold things in tension. And I said, no, no, the problem isn't. It's not the contradictions in the scripture. There's a contradiction in your understanding. The fact that you say that there's contradiction in the scripture just shows how arrogant you are, and whoever the professor was, how ignorant they are. I don't care if the person's a professor, but if you don't bow to the word of God, it shows your ignorance. And you're supposed to be at a seminary. Don't you know any better? So what could the when you look at the scripture, what could the answer be in order for it to be correct? Not hold it in tension. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the scriptures, whether you talk about Matthew talks about the two, um, the two demon-possessed men, Mark and Luke talk about one. John doesn't talk about that event. And you say, so, well, who's right? Well, very clearly, if you look at the, the Bible in chronological order and you look at the events, it makes pretty clear. That's why it took me uh, over, t- I think, about 10 years I know it was five years initially, then I worked on it more. But over 10 years of compiling the book called Holy Gospels in One from the, very, from the original Greek, putting the events in chronological order so you can see um, the events and then it'll make things much clearer. So I use it as a study guide for those kind of things. And what you see in that example is in Matthew, it talks about two demon-possessed men came there um, from the, the region of that region that's there. However, Mark and Luke talk about one man that's the fiercest of them, the one that broke the chains. So they talk about the fiercer one. And the one that specifically from 
the city. Mm-hmm. They actually call out the city where the other one talks about the region. So there were two, but Mark and Luke talk about the one. And this the one must have been renowned in that area. And they knew about this guy because he broke the chains. That's the one that they, they emphasized. Emphasize. Just like, for example, we, start, we cast out demons out of people. The, let's say you cast out a demons out of ten people, but there's one that is the biggest one, the one that's breaking the chains, this one that is the strongest, this one. And when you relay the story, you are going to focus on that one, mm-hmm. right? That's what Mark and Luke did. However, Matthew, he's more of a tax collector. so he's Detailed. Detailed. So he says, okay, there were two. Let me in. just talk you about, tell you about both of them. Yeah, yeah. So that's... Just dig a little deeper, you'll see that it's not actually a contradiction. No, it's a non-understanding. And yeah. you understand, it's like going to a court um, from, from... A witness perspective. Witness perspective. What, are, what is impactful to them? What are they sharing from, from their uh, position? What they observed. Yep. So if someone witnesses a crime, somebody might see it from one angle, somebody might notice. Yeah, like some uh, focused on the one biggest mm-hmm. one versus all of them. Matthew focused on the two. And they focus on the, the fiercest one, the one that's specifically from that city. So when they give a testimony and, they, and, and the people are reading the, the Gospels, they go, oh, yes, that's from that city, that guy. I know that guy. Mm-hmm. Same as blind um, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Notice the other Gospels talk about more than one. There were two blind men. And then in one it says there's blind Bartimaeus. At the same time at Jericho. So which one was it? Mm-hmm. Well, the writers didn't focus on the other one. He'll focus on the one who is Bar Timus. Bar means the son, son of, of Timaeus. And Timaeus was obviously a famous guy. So the son of, of Timaeus, Timaeus could have been maybe, I don't know, a region or an area Elder, or a city leader, leader yeah. or somebody of prominence saying, hey, if you want to go and check out my facts, it's, the guy was the son of, son of Barnabas. Um, of Timaeus. But, yeah, but Timaeus. Um, Timaeus, yeah. So there's no contradictions in the Word of God. There's, the Word of God is rich. And the question is, how much do you want to know? Or are you arrogant to say, oh, there's contradictions? The question is, when you hold things in tension, if it's in tension, then um, your interpretation is not correct. So sometimes not that important because there are other things to focus on. I, I get that. So you believe that nothing in Scripture can be held in tension? Nothing. Nothing. No gray areas. Zero. I'm telling you again. So you say the Bible is black and white. Black and white. The only gray is our understanding. And I believe if you really want to know, if we really want to know, I really believe Yeshua's words. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and will be open unto you. Do you not believe this? So if you believe this, how can it be gray? Are you making Jesus out to be a liar? Mm-hmm. That's what you appear. That's what anybody that says is gray. The only th- gray is an understanding or a lack of wanting to know. Now, I get it uh, granted. There's not everything I, I, I'm desperately needing to know in the scripture. But right? when you need to know something. When you need to know. And so the, the gray is only my understanding, not in the scripture. And as we dig deeper, we will find. Mm-hmm. So you just brought out the, the, the Gospels. You could bring up other. Um, contradictions contradiction in, the Old in the Old Testament in terms of timing you could bring up the genealogy go, oh look at Matthew misses some people in the genealogy you go well what was Matthew referring to portraying yes he didn't he didn't list all the bad people listing the good people or what about Luke Luke missed a guy a Canaan as, and or he added Canaan but it wasn't in Genesis 
How come it wasn't in Genesis 5 and Genesis 11? Why wasn't it there but it was in, in Luke? Why? And why was it in Septuagint but it wasn't in, in, the, um, in the Hebrew text? Why wasn't it in those texts? And then you will understand, you dig a little deeper, Moses purposely took Canaan out of there. Because of his unrighteousness. Because of what he did. Yes. Okay. When he said unrighteousness, it wasn't just a unrighteous act like sleeping around. What he actually did was he was messing around with the fallen angels' teachings and he was um, becoming into transhumanism. So Moses purposely led him out because he was talking about the genealogy of mankind. He no longer was a man, a human anymore. So he left him out. However, the Septuagint, because it was uh, just putting down the facts, the, the rabbis left it in there. And that's why it's in the Septuagint in, in the Greek text. And that's what that Luke also puts it in there. But in terms of humans, Moses is correct. But if you want to know, because that person was changed from a human into a half-human because of what he did. But nobody knows this unless you go to dig deeper. Yeah, you have to dig deeper because you don't need to know all of that on the surface level. That's why I always tell so people... The question you should ask is, well, where did you get the answer to that one? Very simple. You dig deeper, you go look at the Dead Sea Scrolls. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, you'll find some of the teachers in, I believe it's in, uh, in the Book of Joshua or in Jubilees, talks about that very event. And by the way, they did 300 BC, 300 to um, 200 BC. Book of Enoch and Book of Joshua. Uh, no, uh, uh, Jubilee and Jasher. Jubilee and Jasher. And the, the other thing I always tell people is, why would our amazing Lord give us half instructions? Like, if, if we don't do, I mean, are we going to need this, the Bible in heaven? Are we going to need the scriptures in heaven? I, th I think we'll always need a Bible. The Bible says, Yeshua says, no one jot, one tittle will be taken from the law until all is fulfilled. Until heaven and earth pass away. Right. Not one jot, one tittle. So in Sorry. heaven. Oh, so it says heaven and earth will pass away. Yeah, so it will be there, so... It will be there, but the fact is, we will see Yeshua, we will, we will be immortal, so we won't need all the principles and scriptural principles that are in there. I mean, we, the laws are in existence, we'll follow them. It, it's, so I always tell people, why would our precious Heavenly Father give us half instructions for our time on earth. I mean, or somebody says B-I-B-L-E means basic instructions before leaving earth is mm -hmm. what the Bible stands for. And I always say he, he wouldn't give us a, a, a half instructions. There's a reason he puts it there. He wants us to succeed. He doesn't want us to fail. If I want my kids to succeed, I'm not going to give them half the instructions. I'm going to give them all the instructions. Say, if you want to know more, just come back and ask me. Yep. Right? And that's what he does. So, First, so there's no contradictions yep. in the scripture, and if you want to know more, seek and you'll find, just like you said. Then someone will say, well, okay, I get the copying, I get the amazing events in the Bible, I get the fact that I can, I can prove a lot of these events through archaeology, I get that. But man was the one who compiled the books of the Bible. And then the answer to that is, well, if you look at the Old Testament books, Okay, let's look at the Old Testament books. The Old Testament books, Moses, there was a foundation, was the pillar for the rest of them. Right. Okay? Then you have Moses, you have Samuel, David, Solomon, then you have Ezra, and then you have the, minor, the major prophets. prophets and minor prophets. Okay? 
in a nutshell. I know there's more people, but generally, generally that's what those it is. are the ones. And they had significantly impact. In other words, they overcame huge odds against... They Insurmountable took, People came against them. They were stronger. And, and that's why you could see the evidence of God working with them. So they were in there. So the, that's why Bacchibes was not in there. That's why Tobit wasn't in there. That's why um, some of these other books weren't in there. Because it was another book, but in terms of inspired, not necessarily inspired by God. And, um, and, and, and I believe that God wanted those books in there. So those books that were being held together as, as um, the core sacred the word from God are the ones that we have now. Now, I'm not saying the other ones, we should ignore them. I'm saying they are good history books. It's like Benny Hinn or Billy Graham writes a book and you read about Billy Graham's um, life story. Isn't that amazing, L reading about those things? How much more about the events that took place for the Israelites? Even Josephus's book. Right of the events, good to read those things. How much more books that are pertaining to things of God? Mm -hmm. um, so that's the Old Testament books. The New Testament was pretty simple. Everything associated with the disciples, when the disciples wrote it themselves. Okay. In other words, they were witnesses to the life of Yeshua. Yeah, so that's why you have Matthew, you have Mark, which was Peter's scribe, you have Luke which was a friend of the, the apostles, and they affirmed him, and was a friend of Paul. And then you have John, and then you have um, Peter affirming Paul. Therefore, because Peter affirmed Paul, and also Christ affirmed Paul, but the fact that Peter affirmed Paul, and the, disciples. the right hand of fellowship, that means that Paul's writings were included too. And then some of That's it. his brothers? And yeah, brothers of, of James, or Jacob, and, um, and Judas. Jude, they were the ones that were also Wrote in, the yeah. included. And amazing, they were actually, in the book of Jude, separate note, uh, he was commenting on, uh, the book of uh, what's it, the assumption of Moses in that. You go, and the book of Enoch, you go, how did he get this? Obviously, he must have read from the book of Enoch. That's why he's quoting it in, in Jude. So, he, so what, he was testament to the book of Enoch, which was around during the time of Yeshua. And, and also the book of um, the Assumption of Moses, he quoted in there too. And there are a lot of other passages that quote other sources outside the scripture that we have today. I'm saying... Um, but there's layers, right? Is what she's trying to say is there's layers. The, the core is the, the Bible that we have today. I do believe that this is, this is the core. Centered and focused. If you can't get this right, forget about the rest. That's, that's like the basics. That's, the Bible has, everybody has access to. Then those that want to know more, God has, in His mercy has provided additional resources that can be data back and proven to be authentic. And they can look into that. And you will see um, that they, if, they, if they contradict the Bible in any passages, you can ignore those specific parts. But where they don't contradict the Scriptures, then it's probably true. Right. Okay, so hopefully this has answered your question. I'm looking at that time. I want to do the prophecies. I don't think I can do the prophecies today. We can't do it. It's not going to give it just to do it justice. And so maybe there's something more we need to look at this week, and we can talk about it next week. Maybe. Okay, so maybe you can pray today. Okay. Heavenly Father, what a great topic it was today. Talk about your precious word, the word that you've given us, Lord. That gives us so much insight and so much wisdom, confirms things, it affirms things, it 
tells us about the future, tells us about the past, tells us about today. Lord, I'm so grateful for your word, so grateful that we can consume it and and talk about it and, and share with others. And I just pray, Lord, that we've done your word justice in, 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 in expressing how true it is, Lord, how, how it is your inherent word. Um, and even so many of your of your great men affirmed that the scriptures were from you. And we're just grateful for it. And we just pray, Lord, for a deeper revelation and a greater understanding as we read it and we fellowship with you. And thank you. Bless all our listeners, Lord, that they can grow in intimacy with you. I pray this in the mighty name of your son, Yeshua. Amen. Amen.